This is the Marvel Sports Podcast. The Dodgers had one of the best seasons I've ever seen. They got a chance, and I think that they will uh, get the win on the road in Chicago. It was a battle for the Chiefs, but they ultimately prevailed. And here's your host, David Marr. And welcome into episode six of the Marvel Sports Podcast. How's everybody Thanksgiving? David Marlon and Andrew Spazano here. And, uh, Thanksgiving at my house, uh, start, uh, Andrew, it was kind of okay. Like, it wasn't the usual. It was kind of hard to not go to uh, Veterans Stadium, which is like five minutes from my house, and not watch the uh, annual Thanksgiving Day game between Quincy and North Quincy. Um, would have been fun. Would have been great to see everybody. So it was a little different. Um, and then I went away for the weekend, went up to a nice lake house in New Hampshire for a little bit. Um, so it was kind of nice. But, uh, Andrew, how was your Thanksgiving before we get started? Um, obviously, this year it was just so much different than I'm, than I'm used to. But my family, we made it work. We had a nice day in the house. We watched some college football. We had some food, some really good food. We had dessert with our neighbors. We made the most out of it. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, there was some great college football last week. A lot of Friday games for the first time in a while. Uh, and then some Saturday games that were pretty good. A lot of the main ones were postponed. I would have really looked – I was looking forward to watching um, West Virginia play Oklahoma. But let's start with the Friday game. Start with the best one of the day, I think, in my opinion, the Big 12 game, Iowa State and Texas. Um, Texas was up 10 nothing, tw- or up 10 twice in the game. Couldn't close the door. And Iowa State won the game late with a three-yard touchdown run by Brees Hall, who was in the Heisman candidacy um, or in the Heisman run uh, at the end of the year. So, Andrew, I'm, I'm going to start with the, uh, start me with this one. What's wrong with Texas? Because I think they had the entire fourth quarter to close it out, and they just couldn't do it. Their offense just died. Um, they just couldn't make a big play at the end of the game. They got off to a good start. I think Allinger had like a – 13-yard rushing touchdown in the first half. They were up 20-10, to 10, but they just couldn't close out Iowa State. And you got to give credit to Iowa State. They made some big plays. Their defense played well. They had some big stops. They were the key play at the end there. They got that sack on Ellinger. It was like, they were like right on the like border of like the field goal target line, and they pushed it back to 59 yards or 57 yards, and he missed the kick by a couple feet. So I think that was a huge play. I think that Texas just – their offense just couldn't close it out. Before I get into my discussion, do we think there's a potential uh, firing with the Longhorns? And if, if Tom Herman decides – or if Tom Herman is fired, what, do you think that's expected or do you think it's wait a little bit? I think it's definitely a possibility – It'll be interesting to see how they close out the season, but it's going to be – I don't even. I don't think they can get into the championship now. Well, they're not mathematically eliminated, but you're sitting at, what is it now, five and three, and yep. um, right on the cusp, the Texas would have to win out its next two games against Kansas State, which I just read earlier would put Iowa State in the Big 12 title game regardless of what happens with the West Virginia game, um, or they, and they have to beat te- Kansas – and then they have to hope that Oklahoma loses, Iowa State loses tomorrow, uh, on Saturday against West Virginia. And I 
don't think the Oklahoma State game matters, but I think they would need to lose one more game for Texas to leapfrog them. But I think we learned a couple things in this game in my eyes because I think we know Iowa State's offense can roll with Brock Purdy, but I think we learned more about Iowa State's defense, and when they play a grinded-out kind of game, they can close the door um, late in the game, like you talked about the sack. I don't think the sack mattered because the kick was still long enough to be good. It just wasn't uh, accurate. So I felt good about Iowa State's defense, but Texas had some questionable coaching decisions, the, the, the fake punt that didn't work. You go for it on fourth down instead of going, instead of kicking the field goal and going up by seven, and then you throw the ball twice with, I think, less than four minutes to go and give the ball right back to Iowa State. They go down the field and get the game-winning touchdown. So I just have to wonder, is the coaching the blame or is the players just not being able to finish games late uh, was the story in that one. But uh, big game for Iowa State. They play West Virginia, who has the best defense of the Big 12, um, this Saturday at 3.30 in Ames. And if they win or if Texas wins, Oklahoma loses or Oklahoma State loses, Iowa State goes to the Big 12 title game, which is going to be huge for a program that was literally on the bottom um, for a long time. So let's go to the second big game on Friday. That was Notre Dame and North Carolina. Um, what's the takeaway from the Irish 14-point win in Chapel Hill against the Tar Heels? My big takeaway is that this game further solidifies Ian Book as a Heisman candidate in my eyes. He played a really great game, I thought. He made some big throws. Saw him make some big deep ball throws. Um, he made some very good decisions. He obviously he had that crazy little foot pass there in the second half. Um, what he's been able to do has just been amazing. And this North Carolina team is really good. They played they played really well in the first half, but then Notre Dame's defense stepped up and they possessed they had they did a good job possessing the ball, had some long drives. But I'm really impressed with this Notre Dame team, and Ian Book looked really good. Is it me, or does Ian Book look like Patrick Mahomes when he goes out there and plays? Because he had he had a couple uh, Mahomes-like moments in that game, like you talked about, the, the scramble close to the end zone, able to evade two defenders, throw on the run, and it's a touchdown pass to Kyron Williams. Um to put the Irish, I think, on, on the board and tie the game up. And the Irish, I think, are the most balanced team in the country because they Kyron Williams is a great running back. Um, Ian Book's a great quarterback. And their defense is so, so, you know, they're so, like, they're locked in every game. They make plays. They turn force turnovers. They get pressure on the quarterback. And um, the one thing that I am a little bit concerned about is – when they play Clemson, potentially in the ACC title game, they're going to have to be able to stop Trevor Lawrence because they didn't face Trevor Lawrence last time. They played his backup, uh, who still played well regardless, but and a much healthier defense. So can the Irish really redeem themselves against Clemson um, in the ACC title game would be the question. They're going to the ACC title game because uh, I believe a, a game that they were supposed to play got postponed, so they're in. Now just have to wait and see who wins the game. So, um, but for North Carolina's standpoint, do we think that this is going to be a title contender in a year or two? I think so. I think that they definitely are an improved program. Um, 
How Sam Howell has looked incredible. He had a he had a really good game against a really good defense. He threw for 211 yards, touchdown, 17 for 27. Um, but in the first half, he had some really nice throws. I definitely see this team as being another team that we're going to be talking about next year. I think the problem for North Carolina is they struggled running the football. Um, Michael Carter had only 57 yards on eight carries, didn't have a touchdown. Um, Sam Howell's running ability was shut down, and that's usually how North Carolina has been able to stay in the game. And I think their defense, they what I saw against Boston College is that they blitz way too often. They're almost like Tampa Bay's defense. They just blitz, blitz, blitz. And when you get in those man-to-man coverages against a good quarterback, you get beaten time after time and it wears you down. So, But when they get the defense fully loaded, I think this team will be uh, will be pretty good down the stretch. So I'm not ready to um, put North Carolina in contention yet because I think they're still too young. But eventually next year or the year after when Howell's a veteran quarterback, they'll be a good team. Um, on Saturday, we saw um, – Alabama beat Auburn, and even with Nick Saban out, Alabama hung 42 points on Auburn's defense. Um, what's the takeaway from you, Andrew, about the the Iron Bowl this time? My takeaway is that I remember you posed a question if Auburn had a chance to upset Alabama, and that did not happen. Alabama looked great, and they didn't need Nick Saban. They're a powerhouse. Their defense is really good. Their offense looked incredible. I think they're uh, they're definitely playing like the number one ranked team, and they beat a pretty good Auburn team big on Saturday. Yeah, I think even without Nick Saban, they're still a force to be reckoned with. I I trusted Steve Sarkeesian, the the interim head coach for the time being, to go out there and uh, just tell his offense, "Hey, just play your game," and and they did. They they slaughtered Auburn from start to finish. Uh, it was a little bit close, but eventually Alabama pulled away, which they usually do in the second half. So it was an impressive win uh, for the Tide. And they get LSU next week in, in Death Valley Saturday night game, but LSU's not the same team. So it should be a, a, an interesting win, an interesting game for Alabama to uh, hopefully get to Florida in the AC, or Atlanta and play Florida in the ACC title, or a, SEC title game, excuse me. Um, and then lastly, we had history being made in Columbia, Missouri, when Sarah Fuller became the first woman in a power five game to step on the field um, and play a game. Um, What was the reaction to watch her do the second half kickoff uh, for Vandy in a otherwise disappointing 41, nothing lost to Missouri last week? I thought it was awesome. You know, I think it's a huge step in sports to see a female participate in a game like like this is huge and you know i there's a lot of like talk on social media that's negative there should be no negative talk on this this was amazing for college not just college sports but sports as a whole and i saw she's gonna kick again in their next game and i think that's just so exciting for the future of sports i'm gonna say glass half full because it was really awesome to see her step on the field and and do a kickoff. And like you talked about the negativity, that was kind of a little bit harsh. Um, So that was really cool. But on the other side, 
it would have been a little bit more awesome to see her attempt a field goal or to kick an extra point. Um, but that Vanderbilt offense was just atrocious all day against Missouri. And like late in the game when Missouri had the ball, everybody was saying, throw a pick, fumble the ball, give her a chance. And I couldn't do it. So, um, you know, it was, it was awesome to watch, but I think everybody who was rooting for her was hoping that they would get in a position to score and, and they didn't. So, um, but like you said, if we see her again, we'll see her again this week. So hopefully they, they finally give her the chance and, and uh, she makes it work, which would be awesome. Um, College game day will be on at 9 a.m. And it's going to be uh, – it was supposed to be Liberty against Coastal. Now it's BYU against Coastal. Uh, last question for college football, Andrew. Is this the potential showdown for um, a, a group of five New Year's Six Bowl appearance in uh, in South Carolina this week? Um, I definitely think it's possible. You know, you got some really strong teams playing and – I think that that's definitely a possibility. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's kind of – it's interesting to watch because a lot of people have been doubting BYU. Their wins aren't that great. And um, Coastal Carolina has played some tight games. So we're going to learn a lot about both these teams. Um, game kicks off at 530 on, ES, on uh, ESPNU, I believe. So um, teams. Yeah, it'll be a great game. Uh, what's the game – Let's talk about this Saturday game real uh, Saturday games real quick. Clemson, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech started out, I think they were three and zero. They've lost five of their last six games, and is really or or they've lost four of their last five after starting um, four and one. Um, so can Virginia Tech give Clemson a game against? Because they're going up against Trevor Lawrence at home, um, and has potential to knock Clemson out of the title game for. At least the time being, because we're not going to sure, not sure what will happen with Miami and uh, down the road. So, can Virginia Tech give Clemson a game on Saturday? I really don't think so. Clemson looked really good last week. Trevor Lawrence, you know, it felt like they were just showing off a little bit. They had that flea flicker play. He threw a fifty-yard dime from the logo. <laughs> this guy is just un- unbelievable to watch. I think Clemson's going to win this one going away. They're just too. With Trevor Lawrence back, they're just so good. I think if Virginia Tech's offense plays like fundamentally sound, they run their quarterback, they run their their big strong running back Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert. Um, they could give this game a, a chance to be close, but I just their defense has been so terrible, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is back, and uh, Clemson should. Should win this game in the fourth quarter. I think it will be close for a couple quarters, and then uh, Clemson will uh, will pull away. So um, that's everything in college football. It should be a great Saturday. A lot of big games, um, especially like the Iowa State game, uh, the Group of Five game with Coastal and BYU, uh, Clemson, Virginia Tech later that night. We got Oklahoma playing on Senior Night against Baylor. So some really great action in the in college football this week. But let's turn our attention to NFL football. And last week. Andrew, let's start with the big game um, on Sunday. Kansas City beating Tampa Bay um, by three. Your reaction to the Chiefs' three-point win on the road in Tampa? The Chiefs and that connection from Patty Mahomes to Tyreek Hill is just unreal. I think he had 200 receiving yards in the first quarter or something around there. Um, The Chiefs look really good, but one takeaway that I have – for the Bucks is that they played, 
I thought they played really well and were able to mount somewhat of a comeback against the Chiefs in the second half. Their offense was finally clicking in that second half. They were using Mike Evans in the way he should be used in the red zone. They were targeting him. Um, I think that's a positive sign for the Bucks. But going back to the Chiefs, Patty Mahomes is just – I think he's the MVP. He's just so good. He – he runs, he runs the ball at great times. He has great vision. And some of the throws he makes is just unreal. I think if Kansas City goes, takes that, uh, doesn't fumble the ball inside the 10, um, I think it was in the second quarter it was, and they, they score on that drive, I think the game's over. And then they fumble the ball, Tampa goes down the field and scores, and that kind of got them going. So the Chiefs had a chance to blow this game out of the water and a fumble in the red zone kind of killed their momentum. And um, I think that they're still the best team in the NFL. I really wonder what is wrong with Tampa Bay because I just don't know. I see great things from their defense, but when they play a team like – or a quarterback like Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees – um, they can't stop them throwing the football. Um, they play great when they blitz, but they can't keep leaving guys like Robert Woods or Tyreek Hill out on an island and in man-to-man coverage. They just they can't keep doing that. And now they're in danger of missing the playoffs because they they have lost three of their last. Um, I think they've lost three of their last five games, um, and they still have to play the Vikings off their bye twice against Atlanta. So I don't know. The Bucks now have a long shot to make the playoffs so they don't get their act together. But um, And I don't know what's going on with, with Bruce Arians, but I don't think he's coaching this team very well, especially on offense. Um, but that's just my side. So um, let's talk about your Giants for a second because they're in first place in the NFC East. But that did not look convincing against Cincinnati. So – What's your, what's the takeaway from the Giants win at Cincinnati only by two points? The takeaway from that is that the Daniel Jones injury is what slowed down their offense in that game. I don't think Colt McCoy was expecting to play at all in that game, so he kind of just went in there and did the best he could, and the Cincinnati defense took advantage of that, but – the Giants' defense made some huge plays, and the Giants' defense is what is the reason why they're in first place right now. They are, they have kept them in all of these games for the most part, and they made some huge plays in the fourth quarter to help close out that win. Um, the last drive of the game, Cincinnati had like a 35-yard punt return. They were on the 50, down three. All they needed was about. 15, 20 yards to get in the field goal range. First first play, veteran um, Jamal Sheard forces a huge fumble on the first play of the drive just to kill it right there. And uh, if the Giants are going to win this division, though, they need Daniel Jones back because that offense is doing nothing without him. Yeah, and they've got a big game this week against the Seahawks. And if Daniel Jones doesn't play – I wonder how much offense they're going to have have against the Seahawks who played a pretty good game against the Eagles in Philadelphia last Monday night. Um, I thought they, they played great against the run. They 
took away Carson Wentz's throwing passing ability. Um, so I think the Giants defense has has the ability to keep this game close if they can because I think their secondary can match up with Seattle's receivers. I think their pass rush has been great. Seattle's been a little bit leaky in their pass protection. And if Daniel Jones does come back, they, they could have a chance to, to upset the Seahawks. But um, it wasn't a convincing win by any stretch of the imagination for the Giants. And um, I think they're going to need Daniel Jones back. They're going to have a chance against the Seahawks. But let's stay in the NFC West. Who had the more disappointing loss last week? Was it Arizona or the Rams? Um, the Arizona loss was tough. Bill Belichick, I thought, coached a really good game. The Pats defense made some huge plays. Um, Kyler Murray just didn't look great. Um, Arizona's offense was mostly Kenyon Drake last week. Um, but that's a tough loss for them. That really – it's really going to make it hard for them to – make a push. They they still have a game against the Ram or the Ravens. I think they have a I mean they do play the Jets and the Giants. Um but the 49ers beating the Rams was also a big upset. You know the Rams have looked so good the last couple weeks and you just let the 49ers you just gave them hope. They're back in the race, I guess you could say now. So that was also just a disappointing loss. I think the takeaway from the Cardinals Patriots game is that Cliff Kingsbury got out coached by Bill Belichick because they took away Kyler Murray's ability to run the football um, with pass rush and good defense. And I think if Arizona, if they punch that, 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 uh, that fourth and inches on the goal line and they score, I think they, they would have had a chance to pull away. And, um, but you know, the Rams is a shock because I, I really thought that they were, you know, they finally figured out their issues on offense. Jared Goff played well. Um, their defense looked like it was back in form, and it just wasn't there. And it ended up being a defensive fumble return for a touchdown. They got the Rams back in the game against the banged-up 49ers team that didn't have a starting quarterback, that has no pass rush, that has a very banged-up secondary. And the 49ers just, just – gave them everything they had. And now, as you said, they're back in contention, not for the division, of course, but for, um, for the playoffs because Arizona could fall out. And then if the Niners beat them and I think later in the season, then San Francisco would have a chance to get into the playoffs and Arizona would be out. Um, but I think if Arizona beats the Rams this week, I think that they've got a really good opportunity to get back, get back into contention and make the playoffs, especially with Tampa on a bye. So they could make some noise in the, in the, uh, uh, in the NFC West. Um, a couple more. Uh, what is your reaction to Tennessee's tw- uh, 19 point win in Indianapolis last week? Boy, was I wrong about that game. Derrick Henry, and you were very right. Derrick Henry broke out. He had three touchdowns in the first half. I think he had like 150 yards. Um, Tennessee looked really good. Um, and the Colts, Colts did have some injuries on that defense, which didn't help. But Titans' offense, A.J. Brown had some big plays. They looked really good, and they're definitely a threat to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, in my opinion. I just wonder what the loss of um, DeForest Buckner meant for the Colts' pass rush because it didn't look like they could get any kind of pass rush. 
And then AJ Brown and uh, Ryan Tannehill were all over this Colts secondary. And I just don't know. It's hard for me to trust the Colts because I don't know if Philip Rivers is just not a very good quarterback. He's old. He's getting to the point where his receivers are still young and inexperienced. And it just doesn't look like, I don't think they're a great team because when they get banged up in the, in the, on the defensive line, they can't rush the passer. And we saw it with DeForest Buckner, they couldn't run the football. Um, but props to Tennessee and Mike Vrabel. I still think they're the team to beat in the AFC South. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they attack the Cleveland Browns defense next week with Miles Garrett back off the COVID list. Um, that'd be a great game in Nashville uh, this Sunday when the Titans host the Browns at Nissan Stadium. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, are they still alive in the playoff picture? That was a huge win for them. I think they're still on the cusp of being a contender for a wild card spot. But obviously, you're a Panthers fan. That must have been really tough. I actually I picked Carolina to win. You did. <laughs> um, I picked them, and then I picked the Pats. And I thought I was going to get both of those upsets right. But you got um, one out of the two. The Vikings offense just made some big plays without Adam Thielen against that Panthers defense, which just couldn't stop him in the fourth quarter. Um, and then Sly, Sly missed that field goal by a lot. Like, wow, he shanked that. I mean, it was a pretty far kick. Um, but the Vikings, they're getting Thielen back. Um, Kirk Cousins has played pretty well the last few weeks. I definitely think they have a shot. I just don't know why Carolina's defense I mean and the Panthers wouldn't have been in that game if Jeremy Chin doesn't return two fumbles for touchdowns in the third quarter about 10 seconds apart because and then the Panthers were gifted a chance to put the game away on a muffed uh punt and they ended up settling for a field goal sorry about that um with Joey Sly and then on defense when everything was going so well what do they do they rush 3 against Kirk Cousins and he literally just lit them up, and that was the big takeaway. When the Panthers rush three and they don't get to Kirk Cousins, they can't win the game. And and then, again, it, it comes down to a Joey Sly field goal to win or lose the game. And it happened in New Orleans. It happened in Kansas City. It happened against the Vikings. You know, Carolina can be a good team, but they got to stop letting – Joey Sly kick field goals, but I think the Vikings, if they, you know, they, they beat Tampa Bay, that's the critical game. If they beat Tampa in Tampa, they've got a chance because we don't know what's going to happen with Arizona um, or the Rams or the 49ers in the NFC West. So the Vikings, and I wouldn't want to play them right now because they're scary. They're, the one loss was um, a little bit unconvincing to me. It was, um, what was it? It was a, uh, so lost to Dallas. That was a little bit hot, tough for the Vikings, but they've won four or five. They're they're coming on. They've got some easy games, but the two tough games on their schedule is at Tampa and at New Orleans. So they win both those games. They've got a chance to make the playoffs. So I, I would watch out for them here. Um, two more questions on football. Um, reaction to Seattle's six-point win in Philadelphia. So my reaction there is their defense looked so much better. For Like, finally, they their defense has been awful all year. I mean, part of that is they're going against the Eagles offense. Carson Wentz has looked – he just hasn't looked good this year. He's, he's really regressed. 
Um, and Doug Peterson, you know, I think I think that it's time to move on there. But I read the other day that they're going to stay with him. Um, but my big takeaway for Seattle is that Wilson to Metcalf connection was just huge. Um, they have some playmakers on that offense. They got Chris Carson back. He ran for a touchdown. But DK Metcalf had 10 receptions, 177 yards. Russell Wilson played a pretty good game. And they have that running game back. They're a, I think they're definitely a top three team in the NFC. If that offense can keep doing, like, if that offense can keep looking good, they're a top three team. I think Philadelphia needs to move on from Carson Wentz. I don't think he's a great quarterback. He has no pass protection. He has really no good receivers. And we saw Jalen Hurts, I think it was like a second down and like 13, and he ended up making a nice play for eight yards. And then on third down, they go in with Wentz, and he gets sacked, and that ends up killing the drive. So I just think if you're Philadelphia, you have to do one of two things. You have to get rid of Doug Peterson, or you have to get rid of Carson Wentz because he's no longer a good quarterback. And I, I thought the Eagles defense played their hearts out in that game. Again, their defense has played so well in these games and they just can't get bailed out by their offense. And, um, you know, the Eagles, they barely beat the giants. They beat a third string quarterback in Dallas and then they tied Cincinnati. Um, what was their other loss? And when it was to Seattle or not to Seattle, their other win, uh, excuse me, was to uh, San Francisco against the banged up defense. Um, and another backup quarterback. So the Eagles could be an 0-12 team because they played against some really bad competition. And when they play against a good team like Seattle or Cleveland or um, they have to play Arizona down the stretch, they're no longer a threat because you all you have to do is get to Carson Wentz and it's over. So, But a good win for Seattle. They needed their defense to come alive, and apparently the only, way, the only place it can come alive is in Philadelphia because um, – they just don't give up a lot of points. And then we had a Wednesday night football game for the first time in a long time because the Ravens were riddled with COVID and the Steelers a little bit too. Um, what's the big takeaway for the Steelers' five-point win against Baltimore? You know, I really wasn't very impressed with the Steelers in this game. I think a lot of it has to do with the long break that they had, you know, all the unexpected stuff that's happened with COVID. Um, but – their defense went up against two backup quarterbacks and um no RG3 left the game. I think he got hurt on a on a scramble. But they're they just they were a little sloppy. Um and their offense, I mean Baltimore has a decent defense. Um and obviously James Conner being out hurt, but I don't think that the Steelers are I, I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I think they have, I think they have some tough games. They got Buffalo coming up, um, and they only beat they only beat a really banged up Ravens offense by five points at home. So I don't know. I just don't know if they're as legit as that undefeated record shows. Yeah, I just can't figure this team out for some reason. When they go to the you know first. Uh, four games of the season. It was close win, close win, close win. Then they played Cleveland, who came in, I think, at 4-1, and they blew out Cleveland. Then the next game was a three-point win in Tennessee, a four-point win in Baltimore, then a five-point win against Dallas. 
And then I picked Cincinnati of all teams to go in there and win, and they get blown out by 26 points. This is another one of those close wins for the Steelers. I just can't seem to figure it out. They're almost like Philadelphia or the 2018 Chargers. Whenever they get in a tight game, they find a way to win, and it's because of their defense. But their offense was a struggle. They could not stop Baltimore's blitzing. They turned the ball over in the red zone. They should have been able to win this game by so much more than five points. And this could be a tricky game on Monday against Washington because they've had such a great defensive front. And their secondary is pretty good, too. I think they can match up with Pittsburgh. Um, but I don't know. Buffalo, Indy, and Cleveland, three three playoff caliber teams, um, and two of them are on the road. So I don't know. I'm not feeling high about the Steelers. And it'll be interesting to see how they turn the page and get ready for Washington, who really needs to win this game to keep pace with the Giants when it all happens on Sunday. So, so let's go into our week, what is it, week 13 picks? I've lost track of the NFL season. Week 13. Okay, so uh, rivalry game, Saints-Falcons. Saints are favored by three points. Taysom Hill is going to stay the starter in New Orleans uh, for the time being. Uh, Saints-Falcons in Atlanta. So I know that the Saints defense played against a wide receiver at quarterback. But this Saints defense all year has looked pretty good. They're going against a Falcons team that just decimated the Raiders. But I like the Saints in this one. I think their defense is going to come out and play well. Taysom Hill hasn't looked bad at all. I'm going to take the Saints here. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I just don't know if the Falcons offensive line can protect. If they can protect Matt Ryan, they can allow him to throw the ball. And the Falcons defense is playing very well. Um, but I just don't know. I, I don't know if the Falcons' offense can produce enough points against the Saints' defense. So I'll, I'll pick New Orleans, but it could be a closer game than expected. Um, Bears and Lions in Chicago. Bears are favored, and they have lost uh, five of the five games in a row at the starting five and one. The Bears have not looked good. They got beat up by Aaron Rodgers and the pa- and the Packers, but. I think the Lions at home is a good matchup for them, especially with Kenny. Uh, uh, is Kenny Galladay playing this week? I'm not. I have no idea. I think he may be out with a concussion. I'm not sure, but I know that DeAndre Swift is out with a with an illness that's not COVID related. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a couple of key playmakers on top of the Lions just firing Matt Patricia, I think this is a good matchup for a Bears defense who's pretty good against the run. I think the Bears are going to win this game. Yeah, I think if they could play anywhere close to that fourth quarter against the Packers where their their offense came alive and they were able to throw the ball around, they can win this excuse me, they can win this game. I think Detroit with a new head coach will be interesting to see how they handle this first game without Matt Patricia. Um, and no DeAndre Swift, potentially no Kenny Galladay for the Lions. Uh, I'll take the Bears. Uh Colts, Texans in Houston. The Texans have come on. They've won uh back to back games after beating the Patriots, and then winning on Thanksgiving against Detroit. Uh, do we see a potential upset when the Colts go to Houston? I do think it's possible. Houston has looked good, but the Colts really need to win this game. And I think I think they're going to bounce back here after that tough loss to Tennessee. Um, okay. But the Texans, I think this is going to be a close game. I was really looking forward to picking the Texans, but then I realized if the Colts pass rush can get there, um, I think they can win this game. I, I'm going to take the Colts, but this this is going to be a very close game because I wonder about their mentality. 
you lose at home a big game against a division rival, you lose control of the division, and now you have to go on the road to play another divisional game against a team that's hot. Um, so I think it's close. I think the, the, the Colts will win, but it's going to be a tight game. Uh, the Raiders and the Jets at the Meadowlands. The Raiders lost the last time they went to MetLife, which was last year. Ended up being the reason they missed the playoffs. Did they correct that mistake against the Jets? I think they do. The Jets are just, A, the Jets are just terrible. Sam Darnold looked really bad last week. And B, the Raiders just had a really embarrassing and tough loss to the Falcons. They're going to come out playing angry. They need to win this game to make the playoffs, I think, at 6-5 and five right now. I think the Raiders are going to come out angry, and they're going to have a big performance. They lost 34-3 to the Jets last year at the Meadowlands. I think this could be close because the Jets' defense has been playing very well, but um, must-win game for the Raiders. They they win by by maybe like a touchdown. I don't think it will be – I think it will be close. Um, game of the day, perhaps uh, in – Week 13, the Browns and the Titans in Nashville. Two teams um, that are first and second. Browns at number one, Titans at number two, of rushing yards a game. Um, who do we see coming out of this 9-3, and three, Andrew, with the Browns and the Titans? You know, I think a big storyline here is Miles Garrett coming back. That's going to really be huge for their defense. But Tennessee... I like I like Tennessee's quarterback. I love I really like Tannehill over Mayfield, and I like their passing weapons over Cleveland's. I think Tennessee's going to win in a close battle of the eight and three teams. I think this is going to come down to pass rush and red zone efficiency. I think that Cleveland getting Miles Garrett back will help their defense, but I think the best player on the field is Derrick Henry, and, and I think he's going to carve up this uh, Cleveland defense. But I think. Cleveland can make this a game. I think they've got a great defense, but A.J. Brown could be a difference maker as well for the Titans. So I'll take Tennessee, um, but closer than five and a half. So the Bengals and the Dolphins, supposed to be Burrow versus Tua, but Burrow is out um, in Miami against the Dolphins. Who do we got? Dolphins coming off of a win against the Jets where they look they looked okay. Um, the Bengals... The 11 and a half spread for Miami being favored. I think I think the Bengals could close that gap a little bit, but Brandon Allen's not great. I'm taking Miami, but I don't know about the 11 and a half point spread. Yeah, I wonder how healthy Tua will be for this game, and the Dolphins maybe looking ahead to Kansas City next week uh, at home to be a great game if the Dolphins are can play well in this game. Um, but even if uh, Tua doesn't play, I'll still pick uh, the Dolphins because their defense is just better than Cincinnati's, and their Cincinnati's offensive line is still a work in progress. So uh, I'll take Miami. Uh, Jacksonville and the Vikings. Vikings are 10-point favorites at home against the 1-10 Jags. You know, I'll give the Jags credit. They've stayed close in games. James Robinson has done a good job this year. But... With Thielen coming back for the Vikings and the Vikings needing to win this game at home, I think they're going to win this game pretty easily. Yeah, I think Minnesota wins by 17 because uh, Thielen coming back and Dalvin Cook against a bad run defense. Uh, and like you talked about, must-win game for the Vikings to stay alive in the playoff picture. So I will take the Vikings and uh, take the 10 points as well. Um, 
the Giants and the Seahawks in Seattle. Daniel Jones is potentially going to be back for that game for the Giants against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. As a Giants fan, it pains me to say this, but I this is the one game on that schedule that I just can't see them winning out of the tough games that they have. Seattle looked really good. Yes, you could put you got James Bradbury to cover DK Metcalf, but then you have to worry about Tyler Lockett. And you don't have a great second corner. I think Lockett's going to have a big game. I think the Giants are going to hold Carson, Chris Carson, to not a great game. The Giants have a good pass rush. Um, I don't think they're going to give up a lot. Of, I don't think it's going to be... It's going to be one of those games where the Giants just don't score a lot of points. Because I don't think Daniel Jones is going to play. And... If he's not 100%, I think it would be foolish to send him out here or send him out there because you need Daniel Jones to be 100% if you're going to win this division. And I say give him the week off. Let Colt go out there and do what he can. Let Jones get fully healthy and then go beat Arizona at home next week. Yeah, I would take the Seahawks as well because they're offense. And, um, but the Giants defense can keep this game close. I think that they've got a great pass rush. I think they've got a great secondary. Um, but Daniel Jones not being 100% and them not being able to run the football in the Seattle defense will uh, eventually be the one that ends the game. But tough one, close one for four quarters, but Seattle takes it by by the touchdown. Um, the Rams and the Cardinals, winner will have control of the NFC the NFC West for the time being, pending the result of the Giants-Seahawks game. You know, this one's a tough one. These Both of these teams had really tough losses last week. And it really, it comes down to the two quarterbacks for me. And I like Kyler Murray in this one at home. I think he's going to figure out a way to get it done against this really good Rams defense. And Jared Goff's just too inconsistent for me to pick. You know, it's just really hard. And I think the Cardinals secondary is a good matchup. Um, I think I think they have a good matchup there. I think they're going to do well against Cup and Woods. Um, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Rams. I think that the Cardinals have been um, too inconsistent. Kyler Murray hasn't run the football. And Aaron Donald should have a, a good game. But I think this is a game where Jared Goff has to play well. I just don't think that he's played his best football. And with a division on the line, needing to win this game, um, I'm going to take the Rams on the road against the Seahawks. Um, I just I, I don't know about Arizona's offense right now. They've struggled uh, a lot. Uh, Patriots and the Chargers. This is a pick 'em game um, with Justin Herbert taking on Cam Newton at SoFi Stadium. Um. For me, this comes down to coaching. Bill Belichick has kept these Pats alive. They're five and six. They want any shot at getting one of those wild card spots. They need to win this game. This is one of the games that they can win. I think they're going to go on the road. I think their defense is going to play well, and I think they can win this game. I'm going to disagree with you again. I'm going to take the Chargers. The Patriots have struggled against really bad teams. Um, they beat Baltimore and Arizona, who are two very good teams, but then they lose to Houston, who have won two games. Um, they lost to Denver. They lost to San Francisco. 
Um, I just don't, the Patriots don't show up. And I really think this is a game where Justin Herbert um, has an opportunity to make a name for himself in this game. And um, Bill Belichick's defense, they can rush the passer. But I think Austin Eckler coming back and the Chargers defense playing a good game up in Buffalo with Joey Bosa back. Um, I'm going to take the car. I'm going to take the Chargers uh, at home against the Patriots uh, in, a, in a tough game up in uh, Los Angeles. All right, Eagles, Packers. Uh, this is potentially make it or break it for the Eagles in the divisional race. If they lose, they're out. Um, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers now with um, an opportunity to try to take one step closer to winning the division. I got the Packers in this one. They're at home. They're trying to win that division. Eagles look terrible again. Carson Wentz just isn't the answer. And I think we're going to see that proven even more on Sunday. Eagles have played some good games up in Lambeau. Last year, that was the game that kind of got them going at the beginning of the season. But I just don't think they could stop Aaron Rodgers and their leaky pass protection. Um, not to mention their secondary going up against Devontae Adams and Marcus Valdez-Scanling. Um, I'm going to take the Packers by, by 10. A very, very high scoring and a low scoring game. Um, I don't even know why this is a primetime game, but it is Sunday Night Football. The 4-7 and seven Broncos against the 10-1 and one Kansas City Chiefs. Easy Chiefs win here. I completely agree with you. I would rather watch the Eagles-Packers on primetime if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, the Broncos just, I just don't see them competing with the Chiefs. That's just, I'm taking them by the two touchdowns they're giving them, at least. You know, surprisingly, Denver is seventh on uh, seventh in the league in defensive passing yards uh, allowed. Um, so they they could potentially give this Chiefs team a game, but they don't have that, the offense to win this game. But I was really hoping that this would be the game that Denver would you know have a chance to kind of prove themselves and go on the road to Arrowhead and take care of business. But they're too injured; they're they can't score enough points on offense. So I'm going to go with Kansas City big in this game. Uh, two Monday night games, Washington on the road at Pittsburgh at 5 o'clock. Steelers are favored by only a touchdown against the football team. I think the football team is going to give them a game. Their defense is, has looked really good. They held Ezekiel Elliott to 29 yards last week, and the Antonio Gibson had a huge game. I think he had three touchdowns, and Alex Smith has looked good, but I think the Steelers' defense is a little bit of a different animal than Dallas's, so I think the Steelers are going to win this game, but I think the football team is going to give them a fight. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I like Washington's defense. I really like Alex Smith and Antonio Gibson's running ability, but I don't know if they have enough in the passing game to win, and I think James Conner potentially coming back would be huge. Uh, for the Steelers, but they can't lose. They cannot play one of those, yeah, we can win, but we're going to make it close kind of game. They have to get scoring because they got Buffalo in, in six days on Sunday night, and that's going to be an interesting game uh, for a potential seeding in the in the playoffs. So Pittsburgh wins. I think they'll take the touchdown with the football team. Um, I think they'll hang around and keep this game close, but Pittsburgh wins. Um, Buffalo and San Francisco, the line's moving all around. San Francisco is now a one-point favorite. The game is being played in Arizona because the uh, the 49ers got kicked out of their own building by Santa Clara health officials. 
So the game is in Arizona. 49ers are favored against the 8-3 Bills. Now a huge win for the 49ers last week, but I like the Bills in this one. I'm, I really like Josh Allen, and I think that I'm taking the Bills offense over the Niners any day of the week. And I think it's going to be a close game. The Niners' defense isn't bad at all, but I'm going to take the Bills in a close one. I really, really, really want to pick the 49ers because I think their defense has come alive. But Buffalo's defense is just a little bit more healthy than San Francisco's. Um, And I still don't trust Nick Mullins at the quarterback position. Um, I think if Buffalo shuts down the run, I think they could easily get after Nick Mullins and they can win this game. So I'll take Buffalo in a low-scoring game uh, in Arizona. Uh, Tuesday night football, uh, second time this season, Cowboys and Ravens in Baltimore. I think out of all the NFC East teams, I think Dallas has the best chance to win. I think Baltimore, that's my hot take of the that's week, I guess you call it. Okay. Um, but I'm still not picking them. I'm taking the Ravens. In a, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to play well. Um, but I, I think Lamar Jackson should be cleared by Tuesday to return. And if he plays, I just can't see this really inconsistent Dallas offense beating Baltimore. Um, I like Baltimore, but I think Dallas's offense, yeah, because Dallas' offense is atrocious. They were so bad against Washington on Thursday on Thanksgiving. They got absolutely embarrassed. They couldn't stop the run. They gave up big plays in the passing game. And if Lamar Jackson comes back, this is a game I cannot see Baltimore losing, especially to apparently your uh, NFC East champion uh, Cowboys right there. Um, so I think the Ravens win. Sets up an interesting road down the stretch with games against Cleveland, Jackson, uh, the, uh, the Jets, right? the Je- oh, the Giants, and then the Bengals. So they need to win this game because they cannot afford a loss. So I will take the Ravens. And with that, that concludes Episode 6 of the Marvel Sports Podcast for Andrew and David saying so long. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about NBA because basketball is coming back. And we're so excited uh, to watch the season kick off on uh, uh, Christmas week. So very exciting. We'll break down basketball and uh, recap a a very exciting Saturday in college football. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.